0: Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 30 verse 21. I want you to, I want you to find this. We've quoted it, but I want you to see it in your, in your Bible and I want you just to ponder it. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to maybe even, I don't know if you think it's uh, illegal to write in your Bible or not. Uh, I scribble in mine and do things and, uh, it's up to you however you want to, but make a little note of it right here. Isaiah 30 verse 21. I'm getting there myself. Um, this is uh, really the prophetic word of God's graciousness. In fact, could I just read, I'm going to read a verse or two and then I'm going to ask you a question. I'm actually going to ask you to interact with me tonight. Uh, and you can do so if you so desire, uh, just for a few moments. But uh, uh, look in verse 18. Therefore the Lord will wait, that He may be gracious to you. Oh, I love that. Man, I love the word of God. Everybody say, I love the word of God. Therefore, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. I love that. How many of you love that? Am I the only one that's getting fired up right here just reading the Bible? And he says, he will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Whoo, somebody touch your neighbor and say, hallelujah, tell somebody. He will answer when he hears it. (coughs) And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity. uh Uh-oh, this is messing up somebody's charismatic theology here. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. You see, God wants to speak to us, even in the middle of adversity. And sometimes the adversity and the affliction that we go through, it's not just the devil. My friend Sam uh, uh, Statzer, who's now grown and has kids, when he was a little boy, he said, I buke you, devil. How many of you know the difference between a, a trial and a temptation? I'll tell you how to know the difference. If you rebuke the devil and it doesn't go away, it's probably God in the middle of a trial in your life. If it goes away, it was just the devil after you. Because how many of you know, he has the devil, we have authority over the devil, amen? But I want you to see this. You shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's what God wants you, where he wants you to live. He said, I want to interact with you. And when you cry to me, I want to be gracious to you. Even uh, when you're going through adversity and the waters of affliction and trouble and oppression, you're going to be able to, in the middle of it, hear God say to you, this is the way, go ye in it. Amen? And so that's what we've been talking about the last couple of Sundays and last Wednesday uh, and even, uh, uh, gosh, just listening to what God has to say. So, again, learning to listen. And and the reason I bring this to you is because it's so important. Everyone say it's so important. How many of you know if you're going to school? uh I, uh, I uh, uh, you know, we got people in the medical field, we got people in the oil and gas field. How many of you know, if you're like Brent, uh, you know, the, how many of you, there's there's a few valves and things, Brent, That probably a big red uh, warning label, do not touch this, if you do, you're going to heaven or hell in a hurry, You'll stay away from the red button, all those things, and you learn these things, and you better, when they tell you, you better listen, because uh, our lives depend upon our capacity to listen. Do you realize that? And so it's so important. Our futures depend on our ability to hear God. And here's what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. Uh, The reality is when it comes to our communion with God, uh, most of us are more concerned about being heard than hearing. Really? Right? We want God to hear us, and He does hear us. He says, "I'll be gracious at the sound of your cry." When when God hears it, He'll answer you. God hears us when we call out to Him. But I think here's here's what I'm thinking: we need to get a hold of is is our capacity to hear God is linked to our our, our capacity to be heard by God is linked to our capacity to hear God. It's called communion. Amen. And the question we need to be asking ourselves, according to Jesus and throughout all the Scripture, is what's the Spirit of God saying to us? I know I'm reviewing here, but I just want you to catch this. Jesus, three different times, uh, in three different instances in the Gospels, He said, uh, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he closes out, the, the last bit of red is in Revelations. The, the Revelation, pardon me, it's not Revelations, it's Revelation. It's one Revelation. Did y'all know it's one Revelation? It's the Revelation of who? Jesus. Amen. And the Revelation of Jesus, you know the story, of Revelation 1 and 2, John. As banished to the alcohol, Patmos for the gospel's sake. And uh, how many of you know that his bread of affliction, his bread of adversity and waters of affliction were absolutely God's purpose and plan for his life. And there he is and the angel, oh, pardon me, this, the, the presence of Jesus Christ manifest in, uh, to him and said, take, hey, get your computer out, get your pa- pen and paper, however you want to take this down. I got some letters to write to the seven churches. And he wrote seven letters to seven churches. You ought to read those. Uh, and each one of those letters end with the same they all have differences. They all have different personalities and different issues. Uh, and they all had pretty much, I think only one church didn't really have any glaring issues. Uh, six here's the thing if you're a church hopper uh, according to these seven at least six out of seven gonna have some issues some of them gonna be serious but here's the cool thing jesus didn't chuck any of them could could get a better amen most people think the glory of the lord's departed from the church i'm telling you god jesus loves his church how many of you got people in your family that got issues but do you still love them Amen. Okay. Jesus loves His church. And He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Each one, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so we as a part of the church need to be asking that question. What is God saying to us? And so we've been talking about this. And so here's the point that I gave you a little pre... uh, You don't have to preach or teach or anything here. But is is God speaking to anybody here in this room tonight? Are you beginning to hear some things from God uh, and, and if you are, just give me a little bit Unless unless you just want to keep it to yourself What is God saying to you? Or what are you sensing in your heart? As you've been opening up yourselves And ministering to the Lord And opening yourselves up to What does God want to say to me? What, what What's He been saying? Just just give me some thoughts here Somebody share Yes ma'am, this is our new guest here Her name is Charlene Right? Get the, Darlene, I got close I'm,
1: I'm new here, but when we're asking this question I'm not happy where I am, and I sit down, Lord. Do you want me to stay there
0: even though I'm not happy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah. But well, God's. Yeah, God's leading us. Amen. Somebody else. Yes, Patsy. Just your praise and worship. And I was
1: praising God, and then I started listening because when I get in that place, it's a person like. He was telling me how that He has anointed me. Amen and He has called me Amen. with a call, mm-hmm. which He's called all of us. Amen. All called, we all We have a gift Amen. and a calling for life, to be used to God. And, I mean, as soon as I sat down, I it down and He told me not to be dismayed at the work that He's going to do in and through me. Amen. Because He has anointed me at my life. You know, it makes me weep that mm-hmm. God considers me worthy to be used by right. Him because, you know, we are His hands and His mouth and His ears mm-hmm. and whatever He needs done, He's got to have a body to do it
0: with. And Absolutely.
1: if we yield ourselves to that, then God will have to find somebody else right. and I'm just like this. You know, God,
0: if there's somebody to be used, here I am. Amen. I'm going to be used to
1: whatever you need me to do. It's clean the
0: bathroom. Or whatever. Ooh, hallelujah. I'm to be
1: used to God.
0: Because Amen. 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 So she's being sensitive to the Lord. God's speaking to her. Somebody else, what's some thoughts? Anybody else? This is the part. I, I gave you warning.
1: Listening to you on the internet and you
0: said, <laughs> <laughs> thank God for the internet. Anybody else? Yes, Scotty. Anybody else? Last chance. You what God's saying to you might be something he wants to say through you. Yes, Jim. Always faithful. That's true. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. How many of you want God to speak to you? Some people are afraid. Well, what, what, I'm afraid of what he might say. Let me just tell you, uh, whatever he says, it's for your benefit. Amen. He has your best interests at heart. Amen. And 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 he has his kingdom purpose in mind. And and you know, most people uh, just want God to. Uh, hear them, but they're not too open to hearing what He has to say to them, because many times what He has to say to us is directive. It's It has to do with with purpose and plan for our life. You know, God wants to speak words of comfort to us and help to us, but understand something, it's all for the purpose of fulfilling His kingdom purposes in our life. And so, so we've got to begin to ask these questions, and so that's what we've been talking about. And one of the things I told you, I think a couple of Sundays ago, Uh, when we looked at uh, Acts 13.2. In fact, turn over to Acts 13.2. We're going to look at it in a moment. Uh, But uh, uh, this is the principle, one of the principles I gave you. uh, And then I just want you to just reaffirm it in your heart. Ministry to the Lord always precedes a manifestation from the Lord. In other words, if you want God to speak to you and make Himself known to you and manifest Himself in your life, we find these teachers and preachers in Acts thirteen, leaders in the church, people who God used to speak through. And let me just say, God wants to not just speak to you; He wants to speak through you. And so it says these path, these these teachers and prophets uh, they were. Praying and ministering to the Lord and fasting as they ministered to the Lord, and what fasted the holy Spirit said see there's there 's some important uh, 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 things we 've got to get plugged into if we want to begin to hear God speak, and so it 's ministry to the Lord and fasting, and we looked at fasting, we realized it's a it 's a it's a a crucifixion if you will of the flesh how many of you know when you say no to the flesh it gives the spirit plenty more room to work in your life if the flesh has control of your brain if the flesh has control of your heart if the flesh has control of your body uh then then the spirit of god is limited within you so one way to clear the spiritual atmosphere is just begin to minister to the lord it's more than just worship service it's service and ministry to god and a life style of ministry to him and then we say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit and the holy spirit will begin to speak to us and all god's people said amen now tonight i'm just going to give you some simple thoughts from scripture because when you look to scripture uh, you find that that god speaks to us in and through many different ways he speaks to us in and through many different ways. And the first one as you see there in a moment is the voice of God's written word. But here last Sunday we talked about uh the the voice of the good shepherd and oh I, man, if you missed last Sunday uh go online go to cotrnorth.com and download the podcast or go to iTunes and download the podcast or listen to the audio uh uh, on the website because it's so important uh, for us to, the Bible says, his sheep do what they hear his voice. And so he speaks to us in many different ways. I'm going to give you some thoughts tonight that you may have never thought of. But the first one, it's certainly, uh, you, you know this, but we can't go without, you, you can't not talk about this. God speaks to us through his written word. How many of you know this is the word of God? Amen. And it is God's love letter to us. It's God's instruction manual to us. And His Word is true. Uh, it's not a lie. It is the truth. And when we read the Word of God, God can can, and will speak to us through His Word. Now, how many of you have ever been reading the Word of God and you read something that you've read before? Let's just do a very familiar verse, uh, Psalms 23. The Lord is my what? shepherd and you're reading through that and you've read it a hundred times you've heard it quoted a hundred times and and you know it to be truth and you've embraced its truth but on some particular day you're reading it and all of a sudden it just jumps off the pages at you you know why because the word of God is true and righteous altogether and it and it his written word in fact uh, look what Paul told Timothy uh, about the written word again I'm review I'm rehearsing whatever you want to call it uh, but God speaks to us through His written word. That's why Paul told Timothy in First Timothy chapter three. He said this. Uh, he uh, second, yeah, First Timothy three verse thirteen. He says, "Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine." Do not neglect the gift that is in you which is given you by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. What's he saying? You get your nose in the book. You get your heart in the Word of God because if you need God, and we all need God's direction. Most people go to the prayer closet, let me just tell you. It's good to go to the prayer closet and say, God, speak to me. But you know how to grease the prayer closet really good? your prayer life by, by saturating your mind and saturating your thoughts and saturating your spirit with the Word of God, the written Word of God. Amen. That's why Paul says, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Just saturate your life He said, until I come, just keep this up. Don't stop. Continue in this. And God, let me tell you something. God will speak to you through His written Word. In fact, I love what Hebrews says. Hebrews says this about the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, it says this, the Word of God. In fact, uh, there's there's different Greek words that describe God's Word. Uh, The two well-known ones is Logos and Rhema. Everyone say Logos and rhema logos is the basically the written word that's what most people define as the written word and first timothy uh uh, three is referencing the written word of god and then when you go over to hebrews 4 verse 12 for the logos of god the written word of god is living and powerful That's why when you read it, it just it just stirs your heart because it's alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now, let me just talk about that a second. It it comes into your life. What's the battleground of life? Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, and then what God has to say in our spirit man. You know what clouds our spiritual perceptivity? Our soul. Are you with me? The way we think and uh, the way we feel and our emotions. How many of you know our emotions sometimes get in the way of, of hearing God or, or, and, and so here's what, here's what the writer of Hebrews said. He said the word of God, the written word of God will come into your life and it'll separate between soul and spirit. It'll clarify for you what's just the natural realm and what's the spiritual realm and, and it'll produce within you clarity of thought and understanding where God God can begin to speak to you. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. And and let me just say this. Everything we hear that we might think would be God speaking to us has to funnel through or filter through the standard of God's written word. Did you catch that? If you sense God speaking something to you, pretty radical, maybe, I don't know, could this be God? You've got to filter it through the Word of God. If if the Word of God doesn't say yes and amen, for example, how many of you know there's very strict biblical guidelines to divorce? Correct? And so I've actually heard people just say, you know, my wife and I, we believe we got married in a hurry and we're not each other's soulmate and we prayed about it and we just believe God wants us to get divorced. Well, filter that through the written word of God and see where you come. In fact, I actually have some friends, they're still married today, thank goodness. They woke up on their, the, the sec, after their honeymoon, they woke up and looked at each other and said, OMG, what have we done? They thought we made a mistake. They called our youth pastor at the time and said, "We just were freaked out. We just woke up. We're wondering if we if we if we missed the Lord, and and we don't know if this was the will of God." And my my pastor just said, "Well, it is now." It is today. It may not have been yesterday, but it is today. So embrace the will of God. So everything we've here got to funnel through the written word of God. In fact, could I tell you, uh, most of what God has to say to you is found in his word. Amen. If not everything. And he'll never contradict his written word. Amen. So that's why we teach people in, in our foundations classes, in our new members classes, to read the Word, study the Word, memorize the Word, meditate on the Word, share the Word. Just let the Word of God saturate your life. And when the Word of God saturates your life, it will clarify your spirit man. In fact, what does, uh, what the Bible say in Ephesians, uh, is it Ephesians 5, where it talks about husbands and wives, Ephesians 5, I think so, yes. Ephesians 5, it says uh, that, that the husband's responsibility is to bring the Word of God into the relationship, and it's like the washing of the water of the Word of God. Let me tell you something, the water, the Word of God cl- cleans and purifies your relationship relationship with one another and with each other and with God and so that word of God will bring clarity and cleanliness and and clarity of thought into your mind and all God's people said amen so God speaks to us with the voice of his written word number two we find in scripture that God speaks to us with the voice of his spirit in fact, that's where Acts 13, 2 comes into play. I think I quoted it for, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, it's interesting to me, uh, it doesn't say how the Holy Spirit said. We could assume that someone had a word of knowledge or someone had a prophecy, uh, but we really don't know. We don't know if it was just a confirming in our heart. How many of you know, how many of you have ever heard the Spirit of God speak to you in your heart? Just something on the inside, just a whoo. You know, just like uh, Isaiah 30, 21, this is the way go, you know. Who? Glory to God. And it's a confirming, you know, it's the Spirit of God speaking to us. In fact, I, you know, I, I, as I think of the New Testament church, uh, the disciples and the people in Jesus' day, the, the only real word they had was the Old Testament, and then Jesus shows up and begins to teach and preach. All right? And when Jesus began to say, I'm going to leave you, that shook them up because they they, they reckoned him as the son of God. And, and he he told them things like, I only say the things that I hear my father saying. And they knew they had a, a, a pipeline, if you will, to the word of God and God speaking to them. And when he said, I'm leaving and I'm going to heaven, man, that. Oh. And he said, listen, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And I'm going to speak to you through the Spirit. And that's why he told them, don't go to Jerusalem. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you'll be my witnesses. You'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, And uh, And so from that point, the Holy Spirit began to speak to them and through them. And God wants to speak by His Spirit to you and through you. And everybody said, Amen. And that's the rhema word. When God, it's, a, it's a spirit word to our life. Now, turn over to John 14. I want to show you just quickly how the, how, what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and kind of give you a little definition to how He speaks to us. The Holy Spirit, when He speaks to us, it's a voice of comfort and caring. I love this. I've never had the Holy Spirit Get mad at me. I'm sure I've grieved the Holy Spirit. Anybody here ever feel like you grieve the Holy Spirit? Ooh, man! When you know, oops, uh, oops, a day I just, mm, I just, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, but when He speaks to us, His nature is one of comfort. In fact, John fourteen twenty six, He says this concerning the Holy Spirit. He said, uh, "But the Helper, the Holy Spirit. I to say the Helper." That Greek word there is what? The paracletos. The paraclete. The one brought alongside to help. Okay? The comforter, if you will. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance uh, the things that I said to you. And so we find that paraclete, the one brought alongside to help, the comforter as it's interpreted by some. uh, And when he speaks to us, it's a word of comfort and caring. Amen. In fact, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I'm just going to throw this out. When you look at the gifts of the Spirit and prophecy and, and, and tongues and interpretation, uh, it says in, in Corinthians 14 that, it, that it's, it's, uh, it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. If you ever hear, let me just throw this out. I'm getting out of bounds just a hair. But if you ever hear anybody say, get up and say, thus saith the Lord, and they give you some word. And it's not edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. You just mark it down. That's not the Holy Ghost. I said, that's not the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so uh, and so he speaks to us with words of comfort and care. And so his voice, the Holy Spirit's voice is one of comfort and caring, but it's also his voice is one of teaching and training. You see, I thank God for teachers, but I want to tell you something. The Scripture says the Holy Spirit will teach you. It doesn't mean we don't need teachers. How many of you know Jesus and, and in fact, what does it say, the five-fold ministry God's given to the church is one of them's teachers and preachers. We need teachers and preachers and ministers in our life. Uh, but uh, the Holy Spirit, in fact, that's what verse 26 said. Uh, the He will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. And so he will teach you and he will train you. Listen, all of us need to be enrolled and take a full Full course. I mean, we don't need to be part-time here. We need to take as many hours as we can. It's the school of the Spirit. Because His voice speaking to us will teach us and train us in the ways of God. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a voice of teaching and training. And it, and, and, and you can say direction, because he, he'll, he'll... How many of you know teaching is direction, and teaching is correction... Amen. But it's a voice of teaching and training. And then his voice, as we see in John 16, is a voice of conviction and correction. John 16, seven and eight. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, see, he's trying to help them here. They're all shook up about God not being there to speak to them and lead them. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. And if I depart, I will send to you, send him to you. And when he come, when he has come, he will convict them the world, of, and that means convince in a way, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. There's a lot there, but I just want you to say, uh, hey, when He comes, He brings conviction in our life and correction in our life. When you get convicted of sin... What's the next step? Correction. How many of you know uh, repentance is not being sorry for your sin, but correcting the way you're going? And the Holy Spirit will say, you know, in fact, the Holy Spirit will say, not only this is the way go ye in it, the Holy Spirit will say, this is not the way. This is not God. This is grieving to me. Have many of you ever felt the grieving of God in your life i have i tell you uh, and, and uh, let me just tell you the more sensitive you get to the spirit, the easier you sense his capacity to grieve I'm, I shared a couple of Sundays ago uh, how I, after i 'd spent some real time in the presence of the Lord little things I began to th- I thought were little things uh, uh, you know i 'll re- rehash it. Uh, I was thinking something and then my about a, a circumstance and a situation. And I said, that's, in my heart, I, I was saying, that's on the verge of unforgiveness. And the Holy Spirit immediately said, uh, uh, oh, I, said I said something like, there's a little twinge. It's just, in fact, uh, the Holy Spirit said, there's no such thing as a twinge of unforgiveness. Either you have forgiven or you have not. And I went, ooh. Ooh. I got convicted and corrected. On my way to church. Ooh. He speaks to us and he he convicts us and he corrects us. If you want to stifle God's voice, don't listen to that. La-dee-da-da. Okay, the Holy Spirit speaks to us with a voice of comfort and caring, a voice of teaching and training, and a vo- the voice of conviction and correction. And number four, the voice of communion and clarity. Now, I've already hit on clarity a little bit, but uh, let me just—if you go to John, back to John fourteen six, look what he says. Uh, uh, that's not, that's 14. I got that written down wrong, I think. Uh, where, he, where he talks about he'll be with you always. Oh, it's 14, uh, 17. The Spirit of, uh, oh, verse 16. Instead of 6, it's 16. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Everyone say, abide with me forever. I'm telling you, abide is fellowship, it's communion. In fact, a New Testament word, uh, in Acts 2, when they said, uh, the breaking of bread and fellowship in Acts 2, they continued steadfastly with, in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread and fellowship. It's the word, uh, uh, koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. It's communion. It's where we get the word communion. Fellowship. It's communion. And, and, and it's, and, and when G, Je- what Jesus said is, listen, this Holy Spirit is here to abide with you. It's to fellowship with you, to live with you forever. There's a communion. In fact, if you go over, you don't need, you know, you don't need to, but the last verse of Second Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 14, he says, uh, uh, he says, may the the last, the last statement of that letter, may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And so the Holy Spirit is a voice of communion. He wants to fellowship and spend time with you, just like we learn from the voice of the Good Shepherd. He, he knows us by name. And so the Spirit of God, it's one of communion, and it's one of clarity. John 16, 13, let's see if I wrote this one down right. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Let me just tell you what that is. It's a voice of clarity in your life. How many of you know when you get the Holy Spirit leads you there's no gray areas it's the it's the truth. He leads you into all truth he brings clarity for he will not speak of his own authority but will speak what he hears uh whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Ooh, He will tell you things to come. Everybody go, hoo, hoo, hoo. Hoo, thank you, Jesus. I got some illustrations I could tell you where God spoke to me and said, this is what's going to happen right there. He'll speak clarity into your life. Amen? Amen. So, God speaks to us through His written word, through His Holy Spirit. And let me give you some interesting ones here. He speaks to us through the voice of His silence. What on the world? Well, let me just give you some illustrations. First Samuel chapter three. We looked at it a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, Sundays ago. It's about Samuel and Eli. Eli was not really a spiritual guy, but he had some insight. God hadn't spoke to anybody in years. And little Samuel, who's ministering to the Lord. Aha! We heard that in Acts 13, too. He's ministering to the Lord in the temple and God begins to call his name and he, he's so foreign to it. He goes to Eli and he says, what did you say? What did you say? Three times. Finally, Eli says, I think God's speaking to you. The next time he comes and he tells you this, uh, you say, uh, uh, yes, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so, uh, but it says in verse 1 that the word of God was rare in those days. In other words, God wasn't talking a whole lot. God was silent. In fact, between Malachi and the New Testament, anybody want to guess how many years between the last, thus saith the Lord, and Malachi until we see Jesus' manifestation in the New Testament? Anybody got any ideas? How about 400? I think it's correct. 400 years of the silence of God. Let me just throw this out to you. Has anybody ever given you the silent treatment? How many of you know when they're giving you the silent treatment, they're talking to you? The sound of their silence is deafening. My wife used to give me the silent treatment. Until I firmly convinced her that was not a way to deal with me. And now she's learned to tell me whatever she's got on her mind. Now, I don't think God just gives us the silent treatment because here's the reality. God wants to speak to us. But sometimes God does not speak to us. And and, and let me just throw this out. If you've been asking God to speak to you about something and he hasn't said anything yet, let me, you know what you should understand God is saying to you? I'm not ready to address that yet. You don't need to think that God didn't hear you because we know God hears us. So you don't ever think, well, God's not hearing me. God's hearing you. He's just not ready to talk about it yet. That's one little simple thing that might help you. When you don't hear God, when you say, God, I want to know what what's going on about this situation right here. I want to know what's happening right here. And I need you to speak to me about this. And He doesn't speak to you. That doesn't mean He doesn't want to. It may mean He's just not ready. And so He speaks to us with His silence. And we need to trust Him enough when He's not speaking to us to know that God knows best. And how many of you know, if sometimes God spoke to us when He shouldn't be speaking to us, we'd mess it all up in the first place. My hypothesis here is, is God is silent sometimes because He can't trust us. I just threw that out. It's not even in my notes. I just came to me. Or it's not time yet. So those are just my thoughts, but uh, I, I wanted you to embrace that. But then here's here's one more thought that we need to think about that. Uh, and there, here's a, a New Testament principle in First Peter chapter three, verse seven. It talks about husbands and wives and how they need to be in harmony together. And the and it tells the guy that you got to, uh, in fact, is it, I, I can't remember the exactly how it says, but basically it says this, if you're, the principle is, if you're at odds with your wife and you got an issue with your spouse <clears throat> and you, and there's a unforgiveness or, or conflict or something, you got to get that straight or your prayers will be hindered. Your communion with God will be hindered by a conflict or an uh, 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 an issue. Not ju- and I, th- I think this is an overarching principle. How many of you know if you have got an issue with your spouse or with your with your parents, and it's an unresolved issue, and you've got unforgiveness in your heart, uh, then then uh, the communion with God is stifled. Would anybody believe me with, when I, would you believe that to be true? I believe it to be true. And so it may be when God's not speaking, it may be we need to look back in our heart and say, is there an issue in my life that has hindered God's capacity to speak to me? Or not His capacity, but His, His uh, he, he, he wants to speak to us, but there's a principle here. I can't speak to you and comfort you and lead you and direct you because you've got an issue that has blocked You've put up a roadblock between me and you. So it's, God speaks to us through the voice of His silence. And so uh, that's where the Word of God comes. So, uh, and the conviction of God, the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us. And we've got to get this stuff cleaned up. Are you with me? Say amen. And then number four, this is interesting. Uh, and and you've got to balance this with everything else I'm saying. Uh, because uh, I don't want you to just become tree huggers here. But God speaks to us through His handiwork. God speaks to us through creation. Now, again, stay with me. I'm not calling you to be a tree hugger. I've got people, they go out and commune with nature. Uh, No, I want to commune with God, but God's handiwork speaks to us. Here's a funny one. Numbers 22. Anybody remember Balaam? Balaam, the story of Balaam, I don't have all the details, but he was in rebellion against God. He was on his way on his donkey to do something that was grieving to God. I think, I think if you, he, he was going to go prophesy something for money. If I think the story's right, it's irrelevant for this thought. You go get it straight. Numbers 22. But he's on his way and he's grieving God. He's going against the will of God. And there's an interesting story and how the, the donkey fell down and the angel of the Lord, it's just a great story, but that but says God opened the mouth of the donkey. <laughs> and the donkey says, why are you beating me like this, basically? Because he fell down because the angel of the Lord. How I many of you know when the angel of the Lord's around, you better fall down? The donkey had more sense than Balaam. And so Balaam's whacking the donkey and the donkey says, why are you doing this to me? Why are you beating me? And Balaam talks back to the donkey like that's normal. I mean, he answers him back. I'm going, oh my gosh. But God, that's the only place I know where animals talk. But, but it was, Na- God, God would, it, he'll use a donkey if necessary. His created. It's just funny to me. And then, I'm, I'll, I'll give you something a little more spiritual. Psalm, nine, uh, Psalm 19, one, uh, it's, uh, oh, the, I think it says this. These two Psalms say basically the same thing. The heavens declare the glory of God. In other words, creation speaks of the glory of God. When you look into the heavens and you look into eternity and you look in fact, gosh, when you study, or oh, you want to get you wanna get educated here. You Google, Google, what's his name, uh, that does if the earth were a golf ball, Lou Giglio is it Lou Giglio? Oh his name came and went. No, anyway, he tells, I don't think it's Lou Oh, it might be. But if you Google, if the earth were a golf ball, you're going to find this guy. And he he starts drawing comparisons how if the earth were a golf ball and, and the size of a golf ball and talks about the expanse of nature and how big God is and how amazing it is. You're going the and you'll, in that scripture, the heavens declare the glory of God okay he speaks to us through his handiwork in fact let me give you one more scripture romans 1 18 through 20 uh it tell it says this and this is this is the serious side of you ever heard anybody ask the question what about the heathen in africa who've never heard the gospel what are they going to do god going not going to send people to hell if they never heard the gospel uh and look look what paul says Verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. How did He do it? He said, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know what God just said, through the Holy Spirit just said, Everybody's without excuse. You look at creation, and He, and he is manifest through His creation. And people are, are without excuse just by viewing the creation of God. God speaks to us through His handiwork. Amen. And then finally, God speaks to us through the voice within the voice. Let me explain. God uses prophets and people who prophesy to speak to us. God speaks to us through prophets and prophecy. And there's 1 Corinthians 14, and there was that passage uh, uh, concerning prophecy. Uh, It's for the edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. And there again, uh, hey, if somebody comes to you with some condemning, you, you, you're toe jam word, uh, you're, you're, you're bad. And uh, you can just say, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's some other that's a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. But God speaks to us through people, prophets and prophecy. And let me just say, God speaks through us. It's the voice within the voice. And even now, very possibly, God could be speaking to you through me and my declaration of His Word. In fact, preachers and teachers, I love this verse right here, Titus 1.3, uh, it says basically this, He's manifested His Word through preaching. Let me just throw... This is a little soapbox. But there is a philosophy and it endeavored, it's, it's always endeavored to weave its way into the local church, even in my world, where we want to get away from uh, the focus of preaching and teaching and we just want to flow in the Spirit. Now, I love the Holy Spirit, but let me tell you something. His Word is manifest through preaching. The declaration of His Word, Amen. How many of you know His Word? What did, what did? Think about this Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell, Ooh, Hallelujah! They all got full of the Holy Ghost. What's the first thing they started doing? They started preaching, Amen. Because His Word is manifest through preachers and teachers. It's the voice within the voice. And God comes in. And and let me just say, if we open ourselves, listen, even tonight or when you're here, here's here's the reality with prophets and prophecy and preachers and teachers. uh, You know, the Scripture says concerning, uh, who was it in Acts? They they went to the Scriptures to see if these things were so. Uh, They validated what the preachers and teachers said by Scripture. The Christians in Bereans, the the I'm a little slow, but it's coming. Kind of, the Bereans, they said, we want to we are we're, we're we're testing what we hear by the word of God. That's perfectly true. And it also says when it comes to prophets and prophecy, let it be judged by two or three. Uh, but but uh, why? Because flesh and blood. God when God speaks through flesh and blood it doesn't always come out perfect and so and sometimes flesh and blood just tries to talk for God and it's not God but God does speak through prophets and prophecy preachers and teachers it's the voice within the voice and if we show up on Sundays and Wednesdays and we look beyond the messenger or uh, in a sense that's not correct because the messenger may be human flesh, but ultimately the messenger is God. God speaks through frail flesh. Amen. It's the voice within the voice. And it's just people. God uses people to speak to us. I've, I, I've got friends in my life. They've said things off the top of their head that were, that were rhema words for me. If you've read my book, if you haven't, you can, there's a story about John Miller, my friend in Texarkana, and we're having a convo on the way home from a a conference, and I'm asking him, John, pray for me, I just want God to move in my church and do, do something new in my church and he said this like a rhema word from God well Sam you know if you want God to do something fresh in your church you're going to have to first let him do something fresh in you you know what that was that was the voice within the voice it was like God I realized God, God just spoke to me through my friend John amen and so What's God saying to you? Now, let me just throw this out. A few moments ago, when I asked, I just I was I, I really wanted to hear what you were saying, but I really wanted to to see if if people felt like God was speaking to them. And, and let me just say this time next week, if I ask it again, let me tell you something. Uh, unless you're under the, you know. Uh, the silence of God for some reason, God wants to talk to you. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. He wants to begin to speak to you through His Word, through the Spirit, through His handiwork, through people, through me, through your wife. Oh, can God speak through your wife? He can speak through your children. I'm going to close with this thought. I have this memory. I couldn't have been over seven or eight. I can take you. I'd have to bust into somebody's house to show you exactly where it happened. But I was at the front door of our house inside the foyer of our house in Red Oak, Texas, 112 Dunn Street. You can Google it, it's there. And my mother was sending me to Sunday school. Now you got to understand, church was about a thousand yards away by the way the crow flies. We could have hobbled there on one leg in a few minutes. And my mother, who was was the kind of the spiritual leader of our home at the time, was sending me. And the Spirit of God came upon me. And I didn't know what it was at the time. And I started crying. And my mom said, what's wrong with you? And I said something like this. I just wish you would go to church with us. And even at the time, I remember thinking, what in the world is going on here? And my mother started weeping. And it turned her. And she began to, it just gripped her. And to the best of my recollection, she never sent us to Sunday school again. She took us. God can speak to your kid, though. It's the voice within the voice. So, the expectation I think we all need to have is the one that Samuel had, speak, Lord, for your servants. Listen. He has something He wants to say to us. Amen. We just many times don't recognize it as God. But the Bible says His sheep hear His voice. Amen. Let's stand together.